episode 14 of live from Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Um, crazy episode. We actually have a guest for the first time ever. This yes. is this is pretty nuts. This is pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah, let me uh, quickly introduce our guest. Also, uh, you know, hello, hello from, you know, being on a seven month hiatus. We're sorry, but you know how we do. Uh, so our guest today, he's a MBA student by day. Um, but by night, you can find him in his room listening to Drake, which is why we obviously have him on this podcast. So, Yusuf, um, you know, say hello to the people out there. Thank you, fellas, for bringing me to, to your humble trap house. Um, yeah. I am a sad boy by night and very excited to talk about the original sad boy today. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Welcome so, to the studio. So we have, I think, a number of questions. There's no actually new Drake music that I feel like has been released for a while. So we've been kind of sitting on CLB for like seven months. So that's that's obviously why we haven't put out any other episodes. You know, we just move how Drake moves. Um, but, you know, we wanted to come back and we wanted to ask a third party their opinion. Um, you know, a trusted third party, someone that really knows Drake, their opinion on some key questions that we have, you know, that we've talked about a lot, but haven't, you know, gotten another answer, really. You know, it's just been us two, but we haven't heard other answers. So, um, you know, Nikki, do you, do you want to ask that first question? Yeah, yeah let's, have, let's, yeah, let's okay, kind of just okay. dive, dive right into this. This is kind of crazy. You know, it's just been us two, and I, <laughs> I kind of like being in our own little bubble of just like whatever we say is right. <laughs> so we have to like kind of bring in a third party and see if we can confirm. Um, so, uh, Yusuf, this is really like your time to shine, man. We got a lot of questions. We'll kind of uh, interject and kind of go for it. But, you know, we have a few questions. The first one being, what is your favorite Drake song and verses? We actually, Alex and I, were, we were talking because there, um, there was this TikTok that went viral of Moment for Life with Nicki Minaj and how good mm. that verse was. And I said, yeah, I was like, yo, verse. this verse is crazy. People forget um, how good. Drake just like snapped and just went off I mean, and just it was so his shit good. was spinning on that yeah his shit was spinning on that song so mm. good so like we want to know what is your favorite verse and song that's out there I think I think again totally different question like a great song yeah. like I think Marvin Room's, Marvin's Room's a great song but I think like his verses aren't that insane by any means yeah like right? look what you've done off that mm. album would be a right. better verse mm. but exactly I think, yeah Marvin's Room obviously very impactful song mm. And, and and you know you know Drake is going in anytime he secretly records a family member, which I think he does mm. on several of those, <laughs> yeah, he does those do songs. That. He loves doing that. <laughs> so I yeah, routinely I I'm amazed at you know how he moves in silence like lasagna. I mean, it's just like it's it's beautiful. Shout out Lil Wayne. <laughs> All right, um, so song yeah yeah yeah. So I I've been doing a lot of research you know on this because because um, he has not come out with new music and mm-hmm. uh and so i've been going back into the uh, into the vaults uh favorite song is over my dead body mm, that's a great one that's beautiful a great song one. beautiful you know truly the best of the best in terms of sad boy energy uh and you know he he starts it off by you know mentioning that he thought he'd found the girl of his dreams at the strip club which mm. you know 
Um, been there. Common, We've been there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fallen to that trap a few yeah, times, too. I mean, like I, that, that's he, he's fallen into that <laughs> trap, and, and a lot of my brothers in Christ have also fallen <laughs> into that trap. I, you know, I have no experience in the matter, but um, definitely my favorite song. I listened to this album, actually, like right around Thanksgiving 2011. Mm. Um, I was in, in mm. college uh, and, you know, engaging in a beautiful um, new romance. It was not spring, but it certainly felt like something beautiful was bubbling up and we and we listened to that album over and over again uh and over my dead body it was just a, a beautiful way to you know to pass the the evenings i, I will I, say quick quick question on yeah. that you know like take care obviously very sad sad yeah. in some ways but very emotional album did you find that you were you know that did that that bring you two together more or was it kind of like whoa like this is you know, Drake is speaking to us like, you know, on different levels that we didn't expect prior yeah. to listening. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, yeah, you don't have to go too deep into it, but but you know, just broad broad questions. Broad strokes. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, um, and everyone who I've ever dated has recognized that that I had a lot of Drakey energy, uh, and so she she knew that from the jump. Um, we both had a deep appreciation for for his artistry. He actually had a, a line in that. And that album that was um, that was corny, but also you know still kind of funny and and mm. had resonance. I think it was shout out to Asian girls, let the lights dim some. Mm, that's a classic. Great, um, great. Very <laughs> very cancelable um, in, mm. in 2022. Um, and truly, Drake should have been canceled many years <laughs> ago. But the man just had the best flows, so he could keep going. Um, I will say though, because you mentioned verses, um, yep. this does not get enough love, uh, and it, it's self serving, but. You know, Drake inhabits different cultures, um, mm -hmm. from his patois to you know all of his various stuff, uh, and so uh, on. Only you freestyle. Um, you know, mm. he kicks it off strong, um, and he in fact has a line that just has stuck with me, which is Arabic Ting told me that I look like Yusuf, look like Hamza. Oh wow, yeah, that and wasn't then, really And spoken. then he and yeah. then he includes Arabic in there, and he says Habibti, please, ana akid into ana ahla. Which yeah, you know, yeah. do you guys know what that means, no. or should I bless you? No, it's it's do. a crazy rhyme, whatever it means. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. He even thought of that. Again, his shit was spinning. So basically, he is speaking to his lover Habibti, and he says, you know, my love, uh, it's true, or I'm sure, me and you are good together. Wow. Me and you are better together. What a Drake and So line. that just that hit home for me. I had mm. to call my my family in Egypt and let them know that you know we'd made it. You only hear those contacts from live from Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. You won't hear any, yeah. anything this oh. deep any on, on any other podcast, just so you guys Exactly, know. yeah. And I think it's key that you mentioned the Egypt thing. You know, that's, a, that's another perspective that you're bringing. You know, we, we are very much two kind of just white guys. Um, and I think you bring a little spice into this. So we appreciate that, you know, as the third party coming in. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think I think that song overall is very underrated. I think it came out as a single, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, it just was like one of those things, like oh, new Drake kind of came out, and like I think it came out with uh, with was it? Uh, I think it was I, War. Yeah, it was War, right? right? Okay, yeah, 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 I was gonna yeah, say yeah. it was with War. Um, and those songs were just wild. They were just yeah. wild combination of songs that just dropped. And I'm so glad that you even remembered to even include that yeah. in in something. Is that's such a I, I don't want to say it's forgettable, but it was just such a rogue drop. It, it was. It was a rogue drop, and people forget this was July 2020. Wow. So this was we had endured three and a half, four months of this. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was in New York at the time, and. 
the the summer was beautiful. People were back out. We were doing our best to enjoy ourselves uh, in the sun, in the you know, in Central Park, and so on and so forth. And so for Drake to bless us at that time was was special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you really saw like quite a bit of music in that in that period. Dark that Lane demo demo tapes. Dark Dark Lane Dark demo tapes. Lane. Right, yeah. that was one. That, that was like two episodes ago, wildly yeah. two years ago. Also, just a quick. <laughs> A quick, you know, on that point, uh, we did, I was thinking today, the fact that this is officially now, you know, episode 14, we're in 2022. Um, You know, we've been doing this now four calendar years. 2018 we started that's crazy crazy. (laughs) and you know like i don't know we had a run where i guess we were making more like more consistently but but still that you know that deserves a shout out especially because episode four was such a milestone because that's the average uh white guy podcast yeah yeah people forget that yeah we've we've gone well above and beyond that (laughs) yeah we've got four years now so that's huge not many white men Um, can do that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've never seen any white guys more obsessed with Drake than you both. So yeah. I think he'd, I think he'd appreciate it. He'd thank appreciate you, thank it. you. Yeah. Do you actually to your to that point? You know, Drake um, inhabits many identities. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he is Jewish, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, as and am so I, as am I. that's right. As are you, Alex. Uh, and so I'd, I'd be interested to know: Has he had any kind of lines that spoke that spoke to your heritage? You know, mm. anything that made you feel how I felt, you know, with that, uh, with that Yusuf and Hamza line. Yeah. I mean, there was a recent, um, song. I mean, he's done other stuff with, uh, he's mentioned his like, um, Jewish culture, like a few times. I think he's like, you know, bar mitzvah money, but my, uh, my last name Mordechai or something, whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, you know, my mama would be mortified. You know, that was a crazy line. I forget exactly how that went, but then even more recently on wants and needs, he was like, you know, uh, he actually played this weird dichotomy where he was like, you know, I should go to yeshiva, mm. which is like, you know, uh, kind of like a Jewish group. And then um, then he's like, I, you know, I need to like go see Ye because I need some Jesus. Mm. So it was some weird, you know, combination of religions there. Um, but definitely, you know, mentioning his Jewish heritage there. And, and obviously, hell yeah, fucking right. That is that music video is in a synagogue. Yeah, that is a classic. I did uh, not know that. Yeah, really? that's, yeah, it is yeah. a classic. Yeah, that's that's why we have a podcast. We know all these things, but. <laughs> that's right. uh, but yeah, it was in a, it was in a synagogue, and it's just you know there's um, there's Trey songs there, Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, just like in the in the audience of the, you know him giving a sermon and it's just it's it's pretty wild to see that demographic of people in the synagogue mm. uh you know while drake is is getting rebar mitzvah so yeah no for sure what about what about you nikki anything that either like maybe the jesus thing but also like anything that speaks to your white heritage <laughs> yeah uh so you know yeah, being... that is in by the way white heritage is in again i you know i that's what people tell me yeah i mean people people i i think the biggest thing about drake and just his difference in the rap game um this is another topic that we're gonna discuss later but it's, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. his, his his sensitivity and his emotionalness mm-hmm. i think that is mm-hmm. that is a very white trait of him i must say because uh, <laughs> yes. i think i think if we look at other uh black rappers in the game it's it's, it's less so um but i think you know that is something that really differentiated him in the industry yeah. as a whole and he um, changed that. Now that's like not really the case because like he is so big and obviously was successful. Because now you have like a whole genre of like emo rap, um, right? Which you know, I mean, like XXX was part of that, but there's yeah. like a ton of other 
um, especially like rap because we always saw that with R and B, but like rap, that that was definitely new. But to be to be clear, this is a distinction that I'd be interested to kind of unpack a little bit. I think emo rap is different than sad boy rap, um, and it's a it's a it's minor. You know, we might be. Uh, splitting hairs here but I think with with Drake you have to get into the details Um, I think sad boy rap uh, and something that Drake I think really pioneered uh, and took a lot of inspiration from the R&B crooners is that it's about longing for for unrequited love you know and that could be um, a woman of the night that that Mm. you've spent um, three hours with in in a dark nightclub it could be um, you know, a waitress, it could be a colleague, mm-hmm. uh, it could be, you know, a friend. Um, uh, but he, his crooning, I think is what made the sad boy genre what it was. I, you know, I think, I think emo rap is, is similar, but distinct. Mm-hmm. Some of it feels maybe a bit too self-deprecating. I don't know, but I'd be interested yeah. to know what you guys yeah. think. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, just, just to your kind of point there, I think that's a really great distinction. Cause when I think of kind of the emo raps, like I think like a little peep, um, XXX and Tassion. R.I.P. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Big R.I.P. to both of them. I mean, even like um, Lil Uzi could be thrown into kind of the emo mm-hmm. kind of rap too. Mm-hmm. He can also be thrown into the sad boy rap Juice too World. very easily as well. So I would love to know from your kind of perspective, who, what is the grouping of rappers that distinguish sad boy versus emo? I think you gave the emo ones. I'm thinking sad. I mean, on it. I mean, I think the pioneer of, in some ways, both um, was Kanye with 808s because that was like talking mm, that's, about. Wow. Because I think that's emo. Yeah. You know, emo is very like you know depressive in some ways in nature. Like they're talking about really like dark shit. Whereas, like to your point, like sad boy is talking about more like emotional um, trials and tribulations like that they experienced that was like probably with a woman or, or maybe with like family or something like look what you've done um but in terms of like rappers yeah that's a good question I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head like i mean even I'm, i mean the weekend the weekend's not a rapper, not really a rapper but he's rapper, he's yeah. for, you know he's part of that ovo adjacent yeah crew um you said it was uh you know the the feelings portion of of drake's music is is very white it's also very canadian you know so we honestly have to go deep into the uh into our our neighbors in the north Mm -hmm. uh, to get at who's part of that crew so i i think of nah i think of the weekend party next door you have that that's definitely true definitely party Um, maja jordan actually yeah again crooners um arab and and uh an arab heritage there shout out um but they're also very similar in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a great kind of call out. Just, just the Canadians in general. It seems like obviously we could be generalizing. These are the very mainstream Canadians, right? Um, but when you kind of bring up that OVO XO connection, it seems like it's all kind of in that sad kind of vibe and that same in that sad ring. Which actually, you know, thinking about it now, um, is a lot more apparent than than previously thought. Yeah, I mean, even like. I mean, there's, like, a bunch of rappers that I feel like in the, the 2010s, like, even, like, Wale, to an extent, mm. had some songs that were, like, more like Sad Boy, but he never, he never like, went melodic on them, really. He would always have, like, a feature, because mm. um, Drake, you know, Drake is Drake featuring Drake, so, you know, not everyone can do that. Mm. Um, but then you also, you know, you have, I feel like there's just a bunch, like, there's there's another one, and this is a kind of a lesser-known artist out of Toronto, but speaks to your point, Jazz Cartier. Mm. Uh good artist also has those vibes more of a rapper um and then 
trying to think like I, I don't know like would you consider there's some like harder rap that I just feel like is more like emotion driven now like even some of Travis's music mm. um, agreed I, I think agreed it's, it's, like it's, kind, of, it's kind of it's kind of dirt kind of caught like, on yeah he's like doing like I mean like he says some like yeah you know like sad boy stuff uh, from time to time yeah yeah and I think I think there's obviously a differentiator in the sad boy that makes it more relatable where it's more like emotional opposed to just like mm-hmm. losing you know losing a friend like I don't know and like some gang related violence because that's always a huge thing too yeah um, in the rap community but I think obviously the things that speak to us much more when we think of the sad boys obviously the stuff that's very emotional like we kind of said like uh, a past love or a woman of the night great example mm-hmm. as well you know something to think about from there yeah, and, and so the sad boy point is interesting. I, I think on the one hand, I feel like there's a through line in Drake's career of being sort of the sad boy, despite, you know, continuing to excel and, and succeed and really and really dominate. But I also think there's a there's a Drake for every occasion. There's a there is a there's a seasonality mm-hmm. to Drake and all the different moods and vibes he inhabits. So like another song that came to mind that I absolutely just love. I played it in the Uber last night uh, on our way to uh, to a concert we were going to, and, and even the driver had to bump to it. But it's Jumpman, mm-hmm. you know, with mm. Future, and um, and that is very much the like triumphant, you know, Michael. Do Michael Jordan still have his hoop earring on? Type Drake, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. very much stunting and recognizing that he's on top of his game. So, you know, I don't know which which season I vibe with the most. It probably just has to do with where I am in my life and so on, but I'd be curious to know for you guys, what are the most distinct Drake seasons that you can that you can recall? Seasons as in like periods in his career, like literal seasons throughout the year, like I mean, where t- we're listening uh, to Drake the most. Listen, King, take it where you want to take it. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, like we, we've talked about this before, definitely my favorite Drake is like 2011 to 2013, Take Care to Nothing Was the Same, so that... Um, and then also, moment for life came out then. People forget. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then probably in terms of like time of year that I listen to Drake, maybe, I mean the summer for sure, because uh, he usually runs that. And then fall, fall going into winter. Um, I don't even know if winter I listen to the most, but I just always think of the fall hmm. going into the winter. So like the months of October to like December. Interesting. Um. Just because, I, you know, he has, I think of views when I think of those months, like the little, mm. like, you know, like when he, I think it's if keep the family close when the little, like, wind is bristling and you hear it in the intro and then it's, mm. yeah. and then he just yeah, comes yeah. in, like, pretty strong. That just reminds me of that, that transition from fall to, uh, to winter and then obviously summer over interlude, like, on that album, mm. literally, literally talks about that. What about you, Nikki? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking this in a few different ways. I mean, I think... Um, you know, when we're thinking about the seasons of Drake, I'm just kind of thinking about kind of his, his experimental life as kind of a rapper. You know, I think Alex and I, we touch on this all the time, 2011 to 2013 Drake is, in our mm-hmm. opinion, this, you know, who knows what people today think about Drake. I think it actually be very interesting to get a Gen Zer in here who's probably like oh, yeah, 18 yeah. to like tell us what their <laughs> favorite Drake is because, you know, when, you know, they would be really young like when nothing like when nothing was the same or take care came out so they're they might mm. be more familiar with things like a more life or you know mm. um uh even yeah. certified lover board love to know yeah. like kind of what they would think because the, the the 2011 2013 obviously was like high school we're 
you know, in our feels, like, we're like, oh my God, Drake is so good. Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, I feel like we've always been, we've held Drake to such a high standard every single time. And I feel like we kind of feel a little disappointed every single album now. And it's a little mm -hmm. annoying uh, that we re really have held him to such a standard to the mm -hmm. 2011, 2013, just back-to-back -back albums that he dropped from there. And w I'm, so you're disappointed. And I, I both agree with you, but it sounds silly to be disappointed because I, I think like if we compare him to you know if we've got the Mount Rushmore right I think Drake is on there and then the next the next guy is Kanye um, at least of the recent era and and Kanye's been disappointing just because mm -hmm. he he continues to deliver for me on sounds I've never heard before but that's just because of his just immense production yeah. Mike Dean um, right virtuoso yeah it's just nuts but I think you know he's disappointing just because the the, the the lyricism isn't there, the creativity, the passion just is not yeah. there. You hear it. I mean, he raps slower. You know, he does a lot more of the ha, which like you know <laughs> that's fine. But like we need we need a little a little artistry here. And um, whereas Drake, I think continues continues to put in the work and continues to experiment. But there is something that is slightly disappointing. And I was just pulling up CLB. I mean, CLB was twenty one songs. Like, this man is prolific, you know? Uh, and so I don't know what it is. I think some of it is just wistfulness, at, you know, yeah. that first time, that first yeah. real kind of Drake experience. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. that's definitely true. And, yeah. and, 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 we've, and I think that's such a great point. I think, like, you know, uh, I, say, I say disappointed, like, very lightheartedly. Like, I absolutely love hearing new Drake all the time. And I think, like, obviously some of the singles, I think things on... Um, um, if you're reading this, is too late. Or uh, mm. the I can't believe it's escaping me. But the but the future album. Oh my gosh, with the diamond. Um, yeah, what, what a time, time to be alive. Yeah, what a time yeah, to be alive. Um, like there are on those tracks alone, there are mm. songs much better than Take Care. You know, and mm. I think like yeah. they're jungle. They're, I mean, like I know, oh, like on 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 real unreal R and B song, yeah. right? Um, yeah. and, and and talk about just like an absolute banger that just hit like. Oh my gosh, that's so so good. And like now thinking back, and I'm sure, and you know, in in four years we're gonna look back at Certified Love Lover Boy and be like TCU. Oh my gosh, like that is on the level potentially of Take Care. But obviously, when you first mm. hear it, it's a little bit. I don't know if it's like a sticker shock or if it's like, oh, like I was expecting more. But then obviously, like Alex and I talked about this too when we first heard Scorpion, we're like, ah, oh, Scorpion, whatever. But then we were like, yo, Scorpion's R&B is top tier Drake yeah, R&B yeah. on B side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm curious, you know, like, like you said, with, like, the younger generation of just people coming in and starting listening to, you know, music, and, and they know Drake still, there's always this argument that, like, Take Care and Nothing Was the Same weren't classics, but I think something that, but from critics, like, critics say that, I think they're clearly classics, but, um, and I think a lot of people agree, but uh, I think, uh, you know, a good test of that that's more objective is, like, what does that younger generation think of it? Right. Will they be bumping it? Because if they are classics, they will be. So, yeah, uh, it's T TBD. I mean, I think the natural way of, of music, in particular rap and hip hop, is just that, like, you, you know, you have a very short shelf life and, you know, one, one minute you're hot and, and the next time you're not. And so I think Drake has, has combated that well by continuing to just be prolific as fuck and putting out music at all manner mm -hmm. of, of day. He continues to own the summer, which I think is super essential. But the other thing I, I chatted with Alex about this a little bit earlier is like 
Drake, and this gets to him being a bit of a meme, an intentional meme, he spots trends and spots talent extremely well. And then in subtle, not so subtle way, suns that talent and kind of brings it either under the, you know, OVO umbrella or um, or just like on a feature, right? So he's done it a ton with, you know, like uh, a guy like James Fault, you know, Fauntleroy or um, The Weeknd very early on or, or, or that's right. Um, but I remember like it was clearest on um, uh, what was the song? The I think he filmed it in Memphis. Look alive mm. with uh, with Blockboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was like yeah. that was just a very different sound, and I think it was a throwback to like where his dad's from and so on. But like that was that was really dope. But it was a very not so subtle way of saying like I'm gonna hop on this trend uh, and make it in some sense my own. So I think one of his greatest attributes is he's a bit of a chameleon. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and and to your point, honestly, obviously, uh, JB Blockboy blew up, but the the person who benefited even more from that was Take Heat, the producer. You heard his tagline mm, yeah, everywhere yeah. after Look Alive. Take Heat took off because he had that raw Memphis sound that people mm. on the mainstream didn't know. And then mm-hmm. you just heard Take Heat constantly just on every single rapper, and he is an incredible beat maker. Yeah, mm. no, very true, very true. So, so this, so this is interesting. So he's done, yeah, he's he's found talent and kind of cultivated it. Um, but he does have ongoing, kind of gold platinum level collaborators that when he features them or he's featured on the song, you know, it's gonna slap. Mm-hmm. Um, Certified so platinum the minute it's released. That's yeah. you just know, you just know, regardless of how whack this could potentially be. So, you know, who is it for you guys? Who are the top two or three? Definitely Rick Ross. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they just collab. I mean, the, he's done so many collaborations with Future, but personally, I'm just like not as big of a Future fan, so I don't really, you know, that's not really my favorite. Huge into the Future collab. I have to say that's my number one. That's I, your number one? Oh my God. I love, love Future and Drake on anything together. I also really, really like, I was talking to my, to our buddy Dean about this, because I just like, I went, I re-listened to the, to the 2017 album Hendrix. If you guys listened to that, remember? Mm, yeah. Yep. It was, it was, uh, it was like Hendrix was one album, then a week later he drops another yeah. album with, with mm. Mask Off. And he just did, mm. he did, he dropped 50 songs in two weeks <laughs> and they were all insane. Like they were so good. Like there, I truly went through it, and maybe out of fifty songs, there were maybe like three misses, like three. Mm. Like you could have, you could have just kept this in the vault. Um, yeah. And I think Future is such an underappreciated rapper because like it's kind of hard to understand him, and it's also, <laughs> also he looks kind of goofy. Like I think, I think, I think that I think. Sorry to cut you off, Alex, but I think the future thing is no, huge. no, that's yeah, that's, no, no, that, that's that's see that you know that's why we have two hosts and, and why we have a guest right yeah, here. That, you know, that's diver- right, that's di- right. Diversification <laughs> of opinion. Uh, I was just gonna say also like we've talked about this before. I do like when Young Thug and Future and Drake go because you know as we said uh, we sexy. had way too sexy and then we had what's happening in which yeah, no one happening? liked and then we loved and, I, and so life, I do yeah. I do like that and and also in more life like uh he collaborated with young thug and that was good but what was that portland um, or was that quay two two chains is actually a good feature for drake they've yes. had some great songs together two chains is a, is a good feature i will say getting back to future i similarly it's taken me a while to warm up to future mm. um but love the future meme love the toxic future meme it's, yeah, it's yeah. um i have 
tons of, of future views on my phone. And I think um, I did like Jumpman and you know a couple songs like that. But I you you also see like the influence of Drake on Future. So I pulled up Desires, great which song. was great, on, um, great Dark song. Lane, you know, demo yeah. tapes yeah. and like classic, song. of course. You know, that it's, it's Drake talking about. Uh, keeping uh, keeping a love of his, you know, close um, uh, and predictably, she's from Texas because all his exes live in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's George, George Strait. Strait. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but if you go through the future verses in that, I mean, future is also laying bare his his thoughts, his feelings. You know, he starts out by saying, "You had me down down on my knees every day. I had to talk with Messiah." You know, and of course, there's the double entendre of being down on his knees. But it's but it it's true. The man was moved in a way that you know i hadn't really heard it in some of his previous sounds mm-hmm. yeah that's very not atlanta like rap to say that but actually maybe now it is because there's like little dirks from atlanta we have black who's r&b he's very emotional so maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's wrong but then we but we started with gucci Mane, so that's like not at all that right right <laughs> and young thug too like yeah uh, i think uh i think the other collaborator that that um that really kills it anytime he's with Drake, and he's actually continued to like stay relevant uh, and also not get canceled um, as much as I would have expected. Is French, mm. uh, French Montana. So anytime they're together, and I think that the potentially the pinnacle of this is they also had Rose on Stay Scheming. Stay Scheming yeah, is, 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 is Drake's is best. In that, that was, that's what I would say is Drake's best verse. Is the yeah, Stay Scheming yeah. easily? Yeah. Easily. So I think French has been a pretty strong collaborator and one that uh one that i'm hoping he kind of he kind of sticks with yeah pop i'm trying to think great like what did did drake and oh after dark and get along better with ty dollar sign like i just think ty dollar sign's a great featured artist generally um get along better great song after dark also very good song but then gets but then gets I think dominated by Final Fantasy, which I think comes right after that, mm-hmm. which is just only Drake, and that's just an incredible song. That is. Um, but yes, yes. But I, 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 you know, off the features I did, you were kind of talking about, you know, all these different sounds and projects. I kind of, I guess, twofold question, you know, what do you think, even though he is kind of a chameleon and hops on trends, what do you think the overall impact of Drake has been? And then what, in your mind, maybe you answer this one first, like, what's your favorite project? by Drake and that includes mixtapes and like playlists aka more life that's for Yusuf yeah I uh, I struggled with this question because I think um, so Drake's what 35 now 30 what, how old is he he's like yeah, 30, he's, yeah like 35 36 and yeah. he's been around you know for essentially a decade and a half at this point mm-hmm. you look back to you know when he was when he was starting to, to, to blow up with best I ever had um, so he's been around a while. He's had staying power. He continues to dominate um, uh, the summer. Um, and I, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I've thought, you know, is he kind of the LeBron of of hip hop in a way, right? Like he is defying uh, so many of the the laws of physics, and he's got very much uh, a crew and a trend, and doing the fashion stuff, and on and on and on. Um, but I think at, at the same time, I don't know that Drake receives sort of the respect that I would imagine from a LeBron-like uh, kind of artist. Um, and I do think people continue, for some people at least, you know, uh, including critics, he's sort of dominated by the kind of meme-like nature of the, the ways in which he kind of like produces music, 
uh, puts it out there and then has all the associated branding with it, right? Whether it's a music video like God's Plan or um, or whether it was, um, uh, what was the song where he was like doing the little dance? Oh, Hotline Bling? Hotline Bling, yeah, 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 yeah. How did I forget Hotline Bling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he just like produces things in a way that feels calculated and potentially Definitely. not Definitely. as refined as uh, as some folks would want. So. I can't really think of the comp for him. Um, I do think his impact is essentially kind of uh, being dominant, um, continuing to um, create space for uh, racially ambiguous people uh, mm. like like myself and, and, and many others. Um, and I actually think he's made rap a little bit more global, both Definitely. in the types of folks he's included, the types of sounds he's included, Dance House being another uh, an, an, another example of it. Um, so I don't know. I think it's still, you know, uh, being written, I suppose. Yeah. And I think something that, like, sometimes the critics miss is that, like, even though he does, he definitely does hop on trends, but he spots them early. So it's like he's, um, you know, it's like it's like, you know, it's an early stage investor spotting a unicorn. Like, that's not easy to do. Um, so that's a talent in of itself, I think, to see that this could be translated more more broadly. Um but I also think he does it really well. Like every single, like that's a, that's also like you kind of can't hate as heavily. I think if the guy is executing really well, like he does all these different. I mean, in Mia, like M I A, that song he mm. fucking speaks Spanish and mm. he speaks it like flawlessly. Mm. Uh, you know that that is clearly hopping on the trend of Bad Bunny and just like taking you know himself global. But he did that extremely well. Like you kind of can't hate. Um, at least, you know, I guess you can, but I don't, I don't think it's as warranted as, as some people may think it is. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a big impact. Of and his. I think, and I think to kind of close this out, I think the big thing that needs to be said is it's not, he also has misses with these trends. Let's be honest, like 2C slide, like that was one of the <laughs> biggest, like, like he just did that to make a TikTok song. Like, let's yeah, be honest, it wasn't the worst song in the world, but it was just, it was so apparently like he just wants kids to be doing a slide <laughs> yeah. on TikTok. And again, like we're talking about how great he is at like picking up trends, but also like he has some misses that are just a little cringe to say the least. For, for sure. Yeah. Drake definitely does some cringe, cringe shit, which, which is actually another question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's an understatement. We're, we're, we're talking about Drake, you know, there's all this, uh, he, he does a lot of, he makes a lot of these decisions, you know, people, you know, sometimes harp on it for him. Sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not, but overall, you know, there, there is questions out there about like how sus this dude is. Uh, you know, why is he still single? Um, I think there's many reasonable answers one of which is that he like lives with like 300 of his best friends <laughs> no, no no woman is gonna want to like marry that um but at the same time like you must you must be like you know watching him watching rihanna and be like what is this guy like how did this guy how is this guy drake and then also still making the same music in some ways from like 2011. Yeah, and that is that's been a, a popular like highbrow critique of his is that he potentially in his lyrics has not shown increased growth or depth in the way that some folks might want, right? Like so if you take a a novelist or something or an author wrestling with certain issues, like over time ideally you want to see progression toward some like unified theory or or something a bit more mm -hmm kind of uh well thought out i will say you know drake drake is a drake is a father now um, yeah and that's um, true 
and so I, I don't know what you guys thought about kind of how he how he came to terms with that revelation and now kind of posting his son a lot more on Instagram and social media and so on. Uh, but I get the sense that it's probably good for him. I yeah. get the sense that it's probably grounding. Definitely. Definitely wasn't his choice, though, to let the world know about the kid. I think, you know, <laughs> we have to go back to Pusha T and Kanye. Um, I think, like, that was done very poorly. Um, I don't know, like, who his PR team is, but we should give him a little slap on the wrist for that. That wasn't too great. Um, but I think, like, he's kind of come to terms with it. Obviously, it was probably the worst-case scenario, letting the world know you have a kid with a, with a porn star. Um, with some insanely good rapper like Pusha T, like bodying Drake, um, yeah. like that. I actually mm. listened to that. Um, it was it was really tough, but my buddy put it on um, at a party once. Like just listen to how like Drake got put in a body <laughs> wow. bag in here. I was that like, is a vibe, yeah, guess. you're right. Like you're, <laughs> yes, he was destroyed here, and I really appreciate this kind of music because this is like this is what Drake needs sometimes to be successful, right? Like totally. He, totally. I think this is the first time Drake has actually lost a kind of yeah. rap battle. I mean, if we go back to the to the to the to, to my favorite one of all time, the Meek Mill one, where we got charged up. Um, and a few mm. others, like, uh, back-to-back, you know, we're going back-to-back, literally just destroying yeah. Meek Mill, and then Meek Mill's, like, diss track was, like, so forgettable, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, it was and, you know, we got some great, great music. Now people say that it was a little bit staged, it was a PR stunt to get Meek Mill back in the game, to, you know, give Drake some more publicity here. But, you know, the no. Pusha T one was absolutely wild. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to just switching gears real quick because I think the Rihanna thing really needs to not be understated like he really fumbled that bag so yeah. hard so yeah. hard and great content has come from it um, for listeners like for mm. example fucking fans on Certified Loverboy mm. is literally about him cheating on Rihanna on the road with fans wow. It's literally wild. about that. And of course this came out right around the time where the ASAP Rocky Rihanna um, like baby, like uh, baby bump was kind of coming into place. So it was very timely. Like remember, six months ago, you know, Rihanna's very pregnant now. When fucking yeah. bands came out, so you know, we still get really sensitive, uh, introspective lyrics from Drake, and I don't think we get that from many other rappers when he's really down bad. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I think sometimes you know to the point of him like not always growing up because you know he's taught he does talk about similar issues in the music in his music for the past like 10 years um i think like his music is a place for him to reflect on that and he's not like reflecting on it in the moment and making the right decisions <laughs> and he's doing it like all in hindsight um and it's funny because his intros always seem like he's so like put together and like knows exactly what he's doing. He always has these like great intros that are so like yeah. well articulated and just like make him seem like he really understands where he's at. And usually his his outros are too. Hmm. But then the body of his album is just like like fucking fans. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just like him or like way too sexy. It's just like he's still that fuck boy. I, uh, you I, know that he always is. I think you guys though bring up maybe a new a new unifying theory of of Drake which is and maybe sad boy music, which is it's actually very self-indulgent, mm. you know, and that's kind of why he is where he is on a personal level, it seems, is like, you know, whether it was, you know, cheating on Rihanna or whether it's, um, you know, the, 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 the sheer luxury and kind of over-the-top nature of 
how he does social media and on and on and on, living with 100 of his best friends uh, <laughs> on, under one roof. I mean, that is, that is really the elemental nature of, of the sad boy genre because, like, at a certain point, you know, you're sad enough. There's no need to be more sad. Mm-hmm. But the sad boy genre says, nah, you just you just gotta you just gotta put Marvin room on, Marvin's room on just one more time. You know? <laughs> um, and so I think you know he is he is very self indulgent in that way. But it means that again, his greatest trait beyond spot, spotting talent, uh, being prolific. Um, I appreciate that, you know, and I'm hoping that uh, summer 2022 uh, mm-hmm. gives us again another set of bangers, albeit born out of probably making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, he, he's been quiet. Um, he's been quiet like us, but I, you know, I think we're we're kind of running up on time here with with Houston and Vegas. It's, it's real busy out here. Uh, you know, we, we got you know we got things to do, but of course this is our number one priority, so we, so we had to make time. Um, but yeah, you know, just want to say that this, you know, we'll be back, but this has been great to have a, a guest finally. We've talked about it before. We couldn't figure out the logistics. Uh, you know, we, we, we have like a very <laughs> ratchet operation uh, over here, but uh, yeah, since but, you know, our, we made since it our work. intern is kind of, I guess, you know, <laughs> at war, uh, it's, been, it's been kind of hard. It's been kind of hard. Yeah. So, uh, but appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yusuf, do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, I just, I want to say I appreciate you guys having me uh, on the show in, in the Trap House. And, um, you know, the line that really sums up this this podcast for you all in the time that I've had is, you know, this shit is everything to me. This shit is everything. Mm. Um, so I've appreciated the time, gentlemen. Thank Love you. That. Nice jungle lyric. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that for the outro. <laughs> oh, no choice. No choice. <laughs> all right, see you guys. Later. things above me the things i can't change are the reason you love me listen you can hear them calling my name i'm all over the place i can't sit in one place i'm not ashamed at all